Welcome to the Christ Be Glorified Ministries audio podcast. We welcome you to come and join us as we explore the Word of God to open up new levels of glory for every believer to come in closer to the Father. Join Apostle Calvin as he shares the Word of God as the Lord Jesus has revealed it unto him to share with the body of Christ. This is Apostle Calvin Brown of Christ Be Glorified Ministries, and welcome to another broadcast centered around the kingdom of God. Amen. So we who are born again, our eyes are supposed to be open to the kingdom of God. When we were born again, we were born into the kingdom, and then when we were filled with the Holy Spirit, amen, we were baptized into that realm, that spiritual realm of the kingdom of God. Amen. And so God wants our eyes open. He wants us to have understanding. The Bible says God gives wisdom. He gives knowledge and he gives understanding. Amen. He stores up sound wisdom for us. Amen. So that that we will know our plight, know where we are, know what we are doing by the wisdom of God. Amen. In James chapter 3, James chapter 3, beginning with verse 13 through 18. It says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly sensual and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of good mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who makes who make peace. So this is distinguishing between the wisdom which is of the world, which is called demonic wisdom, and the wisdom which is from God. The Bible says it descends down from above. So God's wisdom comes from above. The, the devil's wisdom, which is worldly wisdom, is beneath. It is of this world. It is sense-based, amen. And it is it is that which is which is of the devil. It is based on um what you can see, hear, smell, taste, and touch. Amen. Those things that can be lusted after, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And so the kingdom of God operates by the wisdom of God. The kingdom of the world operates by the wisdom of Satan or the wisdom which is which is of the world, which tries to get you to deny the wisdom of God. Amen. And so you have to understand where you are. Amen. What wisdom are you operating by? The Bible says that wisdom is justified of her children. So you are a child of wisdom, whether it was worldly wisdom or whether it is godly wisdom that you are either operating by God's wisdom, amen, which is in his 
word and given out by the Holy Spirit. This, it, it gives you the ability to partake of God's wisdom is by the Holy Spirit or the spirit of the world. What the Bible talks about, the course of this world, that which operates in the children of disobedience. Amen. So man is born into the world. And as time goes by, he becomes aware that he is incomplete, that he has a longing, that he is empty. And he begins to look for meaning and purpose. Amen. He has questions that are bigger than him. Why am I here? Amen. What's what is life all about? What's the meaning of life? Now, that's a place that everyone comes to. God brings everyone to this place. Amen. Out of um, um, a longing. Amen. A desire for um, fulfillment, for um, a purpose. Amen. To be needed. Amen. God brings everyone to that place of longing and awareness that he is incomplete, that he is, that he is empty. Amen. That there has to be more. Amen. And so he begins to ask, why am I here? And, and, and what is life all about? So God brings everyone. I want to emphasize that to that place, whether, whether you acknowledge it or not, God brings everyone to that place where they realize that they must be born again. They may not have the verbiage. Amen. They, they may not have the proper understanding. That's why we preach the gospel. Amen. To show people that that, that longing and that, that, that hole that is within them can only be filled by the Lord Jesus and can only be filled by purpose. Amen. So those questions brings a person to the place where they realize someone higher than them has to answer those questions. You understand that if you have questions, then you are acknowledging that someone higher than you has to have the answers. Amen. That people do not necessarily have the answer. You are asking Eternal questions are questions that deal with eternity. Amen. And so only those that are, are preaching the gospel or, or ministers of reconciliation can help you with that. But ultimately, it is God himself. You, you have to have an encounter with God. Amen. That it is not just about saying some words to say that you're born again. You must have an encounter with your creator. Amen. He's the one who made you. He's the one who created you. He's the one who formed you. Amen. And so hopefully the combination of man's seeking and the Lord's drawing. So man is seeking and God is drawing. Amen. Would bring them to the place of salvation which is a match made in heaven. Amen. That's the title of this message. A match made in heaven. Amen. God is the ultimate matchmaker. He's the only one that can match you up. Amen. With what you're longing for. Amen. He's the only one that can, can satisfy. Amen. So you are seeking 
a person is seeking and the Lord at the same time is drawing. No man can come to the Lord unless he is first drawn first. Amen. And so the combination of those things brings you to a place, the valley of decision. Amen. And so everyone is brought to that place, whether you acknowledge it or not. Amen. God wants you. Amen. But you have to answer the call. God is calling you. You have to answer that call. And if people would be honest, even if you have not come unto the Lord, you know, amen, in, in your quiet time, you hear the Lord calling, amen. You, you, you nervously laugh when you're out there with your friends. You may be partying, amen. But you know that there is something more and you know that what you are doing is not fulfilling. Amen. You're out there. You're partying. You may be doing drugs or, or alcohol or, or you simply may be just pursuing, throwing yourself into making money. You want to be somebody. Amen. And so you say that these things will satisfy, but you know that they will not satisfy. Only the Lord can satisfy. So he brings you to that place where he's the only one that could answer that question, those questions within you, that longing that is within you, amen, to match you up, amen. It is, it is a match made in heaven, and it is a match which was accomplished on Calvary, amen, where Jesus gave his life for you. The Bible says that if Jesus gave his life for you, then you should live for the one that gave his life for you. In other words, you give your life back to him. The life that he gave you, you give it back to him. Amen. And so that's what we're called to do. And so all your pursuits in this world are empty. They are vanity without you being matched up with your calling the Lord granting you your your calling your your assignment amen letting you know what is your purpose amen so when you were born again that was just the beginning of the matchmaking process between you and the lord amen so you have to go to the lord to find out your calling your purpose your assignment even your name, God calls you by name, amen. That doesn't mean you have to necessarily change your name, but there is a name associated with your calling. And so when God is looking for you, he calls your name, amen. The name that he gave you, amen. So I cannot deny being an apostle. The Lord called me and my wife apostles. And so when the Lord is looking for us, we, we should not be hiding under another name, another guise. We, we should not be in the world living another life. Amen. Because the Lord is going to call us by name according to the assignment, the calling, the purpose that he has, he has given unto us. Amen. So you have to go to the Lord to find out your calling. That's the invitation, your purpose, your assignment, and even your name. So God matches you with the only calling, the only purpose, the only assignment, the only name which challenges you and satisfies you. That is important. Amen. That 
what God has for you, the life that God has for you will be both challenging and satisfying. Amen. You have to use your faith. Amen. You have to have adventures in the Lord. Hallelujah. You have to press into the kingdom. Amen. You have to fight the good fight of faith. Amen. So you you are not complacent. Amen. The life that God has for you will be both challenging and satisfying. It's, it's the only life that can satisfy that can satisfy you. Amen. In Isaiah, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 27, Isaiah, chapter, chapter 10, I'm sorry, Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27, Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. And it shall come to pass in that day that the burden will be taken away from your shoulders and his yoke from your neck. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Okay, so the burden is removed. The yoke is destroyed by the anointing. So to do the will of God, you have to have the Lord's anointing, which the first thing that the anointing does, I want you to get this. It removes the burden. You say, yes, Lord, all those burdens of sin, burdens, amen, heaviness of the world, all those challenges. Yes, he removes the burden and he destroys the yoke. What is the yoke? Well, you are yoked to sin. Before you were born again, you were yoked to sin and you were yoked to the world. Amen. You said, what does that mean? It means the yoke represents work. The yoke is what they put on oxen's neck. Amen. So that they would work and that they would they they would not challenge the work. Amen. Usually two oxen side by side. Amen. It was placed upon their neck to make them walk in step to do the work. Amen. So before you were born again, you were doing the work of the world. You were doing the work. You were yoked to mammon. You were yoked to the world. You were doing the work, amen, of the world. Your your wages came from the world. Amen. You look to be satisfied by the world. Amen. So you you were working in essence for the devil, whether you knew it or not. And so when you were born again, the Lord's anointing comes in. Amen. You have to have the power of God to remove the burden and to destroy the yoke so that you would work for the Lord. Jesus says, come unto me, all that are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Amen. So the work of the Lord is a rest because we're operating by faith of what the Lord has already worked. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly in spirit. You'll find rest for your soul, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. So you you are exchanging work, amen, who you're working for, amen, who you're with, who you're working for, amen. So you're supposed to work for the Lord once you got born again, that same anointing 
that remove the burden and destroy the yoke becomes a part of your life. You begin to operate by the anointing, amen, to do exploits in the kingdom of God against the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of this world, amen. You begin to spoil the enemy, amen. You begin to work for the Lord. What's the Lord's work? You begin to work in the gospel fields and in the Lord's vineyard, amen. You begin to work in the Lord's house, amen, that you are building the Lord's house. You are seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else is added unto you, amen. And so the Lord destroys the yoke. He removes the burden. And so you began to cease working for, for the world. Even if you said you were working for yourself, you would not be because you cannot get around that desire. You either are accomplishing the Lord's desire or the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life brings you into demonic wisdom. Get this. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. So if you say, I'm working for myself to satisfy myself, the Lord says, thou fool, this night thy soul is required of you. So, so you cannot get around that you're either working for the world in that system of mammon, which is of the world, that Babylonian system. Amen. You're working for Egypt or you're working for the Lord. It is, it is an awareness, amen, that you are called to work for the Lord, amen. So you can only do what God has called you to do with his help and his power. So God calls you, amen. He gives you a purpose. He gives you an assignment, but you are trusting in the Lord. So that is where grace comes in, and that is where your faith comes in. Amen. You're not trusting in the things which are of the world. Amen. So your endeavors such as ministry or even your profession or work that you would have something to give is accomplished by exerting yourself in grace. You That sounds like an oxymoron. You, you can only accomplish what God has called you to do by his grace and his power as you operate in faith and receive his grace to do it. So you have to exert yourself in grace. So the way that grace works is this. The more that you receive grace, amen, the more that you can do for the Lord, amen. So trusting the Lord, not yourself. Trusting the Lord, not your strength. Trusting the Lord, not somebody else. Amen. You, you are completely dependent on the Lord. So God is looking for those who will allow him to be God in their lives, to, to prove that this calling is of the Lord, to, to prove that this assignment, the Bible says that God will confirm it is his works, amen, by doing signs, wonders, and miracles. God will do the heavy lifting to prove that it is his works that you are doing. Amen. But you can't do it in your own bravado, your own strength, because God resists the proud and gives grace unto the humble. 
And so it's God has put you in a situation where you have to trust him, trust in the Lord all your heart and lean not to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him. He will direct your path. God has placed you in a position where you need him. I can't do this without you, Lord. God says, good. So now I can give you grace. I can give you strength. I can give you power. Amen. Paul, that there was a messenger from Satan, which was buffeting him. And three times he besought the Lord. And the Lord each time says, my grace is sufficient. After the third time, Paul says, now I realize that in my weakness, his strength is perfected. So I will glory in my weakness, my infirmities, my needing the Lord. Amen. you you're in a position where you need the Lord. Amen. So did you check that out? We said that in ministry, amen, you are supposed to work for God, whether you are in ministry or whether you are working to have somewhat to give into the kingdom of God. Amen. So that may come as a revelation. You are not supposed to be working outside of the Lord. Your work is supposed to be connected to the Lord. So whether you are in the fivefold ministry gifts, amen, that you work for the Lord, or whether in your profession you are working to have something to give, amen. In Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians, we try to always, always reference the Word of God as much word those who have heard me preach and teach, you know, I put as much word as I can. And so you have to listen to these messages or even take notes and write down scriptures because I don't I don't just say things. Amen. So whether you know it or not, you are called. Your calling is to give into the kingdom. Amen. The kingdom of God. Amen. So God will separate you from the world. God will separate you from the worldly system. So even if you have a profession or a business, you're supposed to be a steward for the Lord so that you can give into the kingdom. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28, it says, let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Amen. So let him who stole steal no longer, but let him work with his hands. And the key phrase is what is good. Amen. Good is always associated, rightfully associated with God. So when you work what is good, it is referencing that when God created and God worked, God works were good. Amen. So let him who stole steal no longer, but let him labor with his hands, working what is good. Amen. So that he may have something to give to him who has need. And so a person says, well, surely the Lord is talking about those who, who steal, you know, in this world. He's speaking to the church. Amen. He says, let those who stole steal no longer. So you could you could actually say that it is also talking about robbing God. When you, when you are 
in this world system and you have cut yourself off from God, it is like that you are a thief. You are stealing from the Lord. You're not operating in his kingdom. You're not seeking first the kingdom of God, but let him labor what is good. Amen. So that he will have something to give to those who have need. Amen. So he's talking about helping those situations in the kingdom of God, letting there be food in the Lord's house, letting let, letting needs be met, amen, of those who, who have a need, amen. And so we are called to operate in God's kingdom. And we need the Lord's help to do that. We need the Lord's power to do that. We need the Lord's grace to do that. The greatest power is God's power. So your endeavors, such as ministry or work that you may have something to give, is accomplished by exerting yourself in grace. And so grace is given, but you have to use that grace. You have to not frustrate that grace. You have to actually lean into that grace. You can do more than you think that you can do. Amen. By the grace of God. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. You can do more by the anointing. You can do more by the grace of God. Amen. In 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Amen. Verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. The apostle Paul says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Amen. So Paul says, I worked more. I labored more. Some of the references says, I worked more than the other apostles, yet not I. It was the grace. So you exert yourself into grace. You lean into the things of God. Amen. When you stop trusting your flesh, when you stop trusting people, amen, to to take God's place is what I mean. When When you stop trusting in things that you think can get you out of situations, amen, such as money and things like that, and you're trusting the Lord, then more grace is made available. You're humbling yourself and more grace is made available. So Paul exerted himself in the grace of God. He labored more than abundantly than them all, yet not him, but it was the grace that was with him. God gave him grace. He used it. Amen. God gave him grace and he used the grace. Amen. So you can do more when you are busy in the Lord's business. Amen. So what am I preaching? What am I teaching that God has called you? He's called you by name. He's given you a purpose. He's given you an assignment. Amen. And only God can match you with that purpose, that calling, that assignment, and even that name. Amen. God will call you by name. Amen. Now you're, you're in a situation when God calls you that is, is not, it's not your accolades. It's not your bona fides. It's not how many degrees you have. It's not what seminary 
school you went to. If you're truly called by the Lord, you cannot trust in any of those things. Paul says he counted those things, but dumb. <laughs> Man. He says, I purpose not to know anything except Jesus Christ and him crucified. You say, Apostle, am I not supposed to improve myself? If you're trusting in those things as your bona fides, no. <laughs> That you trust the Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm going to teach you if I, if I get to it. First things first. The house has to be built. You cannot put um, um, things that are of man. You cannot build your house on things that are of man. Amen. The, the Bible declares that I saw a stone which was not carved out by man. Amen that destroyed every other kingdom. Amen. When God gave the children of Israel, the Levites, he gave them instructions for his, for his altar. He said, he gave them a task. He says, the stone for the altar cannot be touched by man's tools. I want you to get there. How are you going to do that? It's, it's got to be the Lord. How can you make an altar made of stone, amen, that's not touched by man? <laughs> man. You see, this because it is important what it represents. The stone represents Jesus. That stone which comes from heaven, which becomes the foundation for all the building that is called your life and your ministry. Amen. That that stone is 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 not touched by man's hands. Amen. And so God calls you. Amen. So you have to receive the grace to operate in your calling. You have to receive the grace to operate in your purpose, your assignment. Amen. To answer the name that God calls you and to operate in that place that God called you. I, I've used this scripture many times, but it is so important that you get it in St. John chapter 14, verse two and three. This is Jesus before he went to the cross and he's talking to his disciples. He says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, that you may be also. And so I've taught that, yes, it does reference heaven, the kingdom of heaven, but that place that Jesus has prepared is also that place, that prepared place is in the kingdom of God. And so your calling is in the kingdom of God, that, and God has given you, Jesus has given you your own special, unique place, a prepared place in the kingdom of God for you to operate in that place. Amen. Amen. The, the, the Bible says that when Samuel was in his place, operating in his place, Samuel, who was God's prophet and God's priest as he operated in that place that the sons of the prophets were able to prophesy. In other words, his place was affecting their place. Amen. As they were submitted unto Samuel. And Samuel, the Bible says he stood in that place 
that the sons of the prophets were able to prophesy as long as he was in that place. Amen. I'm reminded when Moses, amen, and God's people went to battle against the Amalekites. Amen. And they set Moses on the stone, on that stone, Holy Ghost, on that rock. Amen. And as long as Moses's hands, his arms were extended, Israel was winning. But the Bible says that when his arms got weary and they began to fall down, then the Amalekites were winning. Amen. And so they set Mo Moses on that stone. Aaron and her steadied his arms. Amen. And got the victory. And then they called it, they called the Lord Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner or the Lord our victory. Amen. So Moses was God set man was in his place. Amen. And those elders beneath him steadied his arms, Holy Ghost. And while he was in his place, God gave his people, Israel, the victory. Amen. So it is, it is important, amen, that you're in the right place, the right position, that you submitted, amen, to the ones that God has called you to be submitted unto. Amen. Because it is God who is Jehovah Nisi. It is God that gives the victory. And so you're not looking at who does Moses think that he is. Why I got to hold his arms up? Amen. Why he ain't holding my arms up? Amen. Moses was the set man, hallelujah, by the Lord and others. It was Aaron and her took their place. Holy Ghost. Supporting Moses. Amen. To give them victory over the Amalekites. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. The name of the Lord was revealed as they all took their place. Even the ones that fought in the battle, they took their place. They gained victory. You see how it's all working together. It is not about pride. Amen. It is not about um, big eyes or little use. It is about everyone receiving your place in the Lord. Amen. So those things other than the Lord, which try to offer meaning, purpose, and a name, they carry you away from your calling. Amen. So only the Lord can match you, amen, with your calling. Only the Lord can match you with your purpose, the one that satisfies. Amen. Only the Lord can match you with that assignment. It is found in the kingdom of God, the place where God has called you to operate, whether it is in ministry or whether you are Aaron and her, that you are supporting the ministry. Amen. That is like, that is your ministry. Amen. That in that place, we find victory from, from the Lord. Amen. So when you trust in other things, they take you away. And, and so many people that they are they are hiding out in the world. They are not doing what God has called them to do. They have not answered the call. Or if they did, they tried to do it on their own terms. Amen. In Matthew, Matthew chapter 21, 
Matthew chapter 21, verses 42 through 44. Verse 42, Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing and marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruit of it. And whoever falls on this stone will be broken, but on whomever it falls, it will grind in grind him to powder. Amen. So what, what is Jesus saying? This is Jesus has just explained the, the parable of the vineyard. Amen. That there was a master that leased out a vineyard. Amen. And after a time, he came to get the fruit of that vineyard and that those who were over the vineyard or those that he had leased it out to, they killed his servants when he would send a servant to get the fruits that they would stone, they would kill, they would persecute the servants representing the ministers of the Lord who are supposed to get that fruits, the fruits of righteousness, amen. And so he says, I know what I'll do. I'll send my stone, my, my son. Surely they will reverence my son. This is referencing Jesus. And when they saw his son coming, they said, this is the heir. Let us stone him, let us kill him, and let us take the inheritance for ourselves. So this is God who has leased out the earth unto man. And the way that we show that the earth is the Lord, the earth is the Lord, and the fullness thereof is by the fruit, amen, that we give fruit that, that lines up with righteousness, amen, that the Lord owns the vineyard. We give him his fruit. The Lord owns the vineyard. We show that we are submitted unto the Lord. Amen. And so he spoke this to the scribes and Pharisees as a statement against them that you have to fall upon the stone and be broken. You cannot do the will of God unless you are broken. And I know a lot of people disagree, but that's what the Lord says. You, you cannot operate in the kingdom. You cannot receive the kingdom unless you are broken of your old ways, your, your old life, your old ways of doing things. Jesus is that stone. You humble yourself. You fall upon that stone. A broken heart and a contrite spirit is the offering that the Lord would receive. Because if you don't, that means that you are embracing idols. And the Lord is obligated to destroy idols. So if you don't fall upon the stone and be broken, but if the stone falls upon you, it will grind unto powder as, as the Lord, the stone, amen, the chief cornerstone that your life and your ministry is supposed to be built on. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. Unless you fall upon that stone and be broken, that stone will fall upon you as it destroys those things that separate from the love of God. Amen. So don't be found embracing an idol when the Lord is removing those things which separate you from, from the love of God. Amen. In Genesis chapter 2, 
in the book of Genesis chapter 2. Verses 4 and 5. Genesis chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. This is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens before any plant of the field was in the earth and before any herb of the field had grown. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth, and there was no man to till the ground. So tilling the ground is that working for the Lord that I was talking about. So God had created Adam and Eve. He took a rib from Adam's side and formed Eve. Amen. And he gave them an assignment. But part of that assignment was dependent on them answering the call for Adam to answer the call to work for the Lord. He found no man to till the ground. This is not talking about working by the sweat of your brow. This is talking about working for the Lord where God had already worked, that God would back Adam up with grace and, and power to produce fruit. Amen. And so he would be dependent on the Lord for the rain. Amen. So God had not caused it to rain upon the earth. So he would have to receive the terms of covenant, the terms of the contract, so to speak. Adam was to receive the terms of covenant, which would invite the Lord into his circumstances to ensure his fruitfulness. Amen. So it was abiding. He was to abide by the contract. Amen. So when it first rained, it was because man had rebelled and had continually rebelled. And, and there was evil and wickedness and violence in this earth. Instead of rain being a witness of the goodness of God, is what God intended. It was a witness of the wickedness of man. Amen. And so mankind was wiped out. But we know that Noah found grace. Again, we, we see this word grace. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Amen. And so the Lord spared him and that the Lord began to replenish the earth and repopulate the earth through Noah, his wife and his, his three sons and their wives. Amen. God began to replenish the earth. Amen. And man, we had to trust the Lord. You cannot do what God has called you to do. You cannot do the work unless you acknowledge unless you acknowledge that the fields belong to God. You have to acknowledge that it is it is God's work. You, you're so busy in the world. The, the sower sows the word. The next to the last one is the cares of this life choke the word and cause it to become unfruitful. You're so busy searching after money, lusting after money and other things, amen, that these are the thorns, the thistles, which choke the word and causes it to be unfruitful. In other words, God is not getting his harvest of righteousness, amen. Look, look at it again. It says, the wisdom in James chapter three, verse 17 and 18. 
The wisdom that is from above is first pure and peaceable. Operating by God's wisdom is foolishness to the world. They say, how are you going to have something? How are you going to have a name? How are you going to be somebody? Amen. I heard of um, preachers, of people being called by the Lord, a, a man of God, hearing the call of the Lord and, and eagerly telling his family and his, his family's his family called him a fool. He says, don't, don't look to me when you're poor and destitute, where, where you have nothing to show for. In other words, that the, the family was saying, you should pursue some other endeavor instead of the work of the Lord. They said, that is wisdom. God says, no, do my works. <laughs> Amen. Depend on me. That is wisdom. It says, the wisdom from above. Is pure, peaceable, gentle, easily entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. What is peace? The gospel of peace. The gospel shoes of peace. The fruit of righteousness. The, the fruit that God is looking for is fruit of righteousness. Amen. It is sown as we bring others into peace with God. Amen. It's sown in peace by those that seek, that seek after peace. Amen. So God had not found a man to till the ground. Amen. To enter into covenant with him. The covenant says, listen, if, if you trust me for the rain, Amen. I'm, I'm good. Rain always represents the goodness. It's supposed to represent the goodness of God. If you trust me for the rain, I will rain on your situation. I will rain on your life. Amen. To give you a harvest of righteousness. So your increase, your finances, your prosperity, your ability to give comes from the Lord raining on your life. God says, but you got to trust me for the rain. That's the covenant. Now, when I give you that harvest of righteousness, you're supposed to honor me because I'm the one that gave it to you. You're supposed to honor me with your substance. Amen. The first fruit of your increase. Honor me with that harvest. Let everybody know the goodness of God. Let everybody know the blessing came from me. Participate in the kingdom. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That prove me now, he with says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open up the windows of heaven to, to pour you out a blessing, there's not room enough to receive. Amen. But you can't mix the two. Amen. You, you're either yoked to Jesus. Take my yoke upon you. Amen. To do that work, following in Jesus' footsteps. Following in step with Jesus. Amen. Jesus is faithful. He always gave the Father good fruit. Amen. Even with his life. Amen. Unless, unless a kernel grain falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. Jesus is the, the ultimate protege pattern of getting fruit. He's the first fruit of those raised from the dead. So even we came from him. <laughs> Amen. His willingness to die for us. And so he's teaching us how to lay down the world, 
to lay down our lives, to lay down any of those things that we trust in, lay down our monies. How do we show that money does not have a hold on us? Amen. In obedience to the Lord, pouring it into the kingdom of God, then you will have the treasures in heaven. So in the kingdom, you pour your finances into the kingdom. It is received in heaven where neither dust nor rust nor thieves break through and steal. Amen. And so then you will have a harvest unto the Lord and a testimony, a testimony in heaven. In verse eight, we're still in Genesis chapter two, verse eight. It says, the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. So what is the garden of Eden? That prepared place for Adam to operate out of, amen, to show that he was submitted to God. The Bible says, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visitest him, regardest him, thou made him a little lower than the angels and crowned him with glory and honor, and put him in dominion over the work of God's hands. So for Adam to give God his fruit, he had not, he could not be in rebellion against God. He could not receive wicked wisdom. Amen. And so that's where we're getting to, that the devil spoke to Eve. And he got Eve to receive a word that contradicted God's word. We receive fruit by the word of God, amen. The source sows the word, amen. And so they did that, which was rebelling against God's word, which showed that they were under the spirit of rebellion, the wisdom of the devil, instead of the wisdom, which is of God. That wisdom is justified of her children. What, what are you a child of? Which wisdom are you a child of? Are you trusting the world? Are you trusting in finances? Are you trusting in education? Are you trusting in your social status? What, what are you trusting in? Amen. What are you putting your, your trust in? And, and while I'm at it, who are you trusting for your health? Amen. Are you trusting doctors? Are you trusting medicine? Amen. Jesus is the chief cornerstone that you build your life. The Bible says, unless the Lord build a house, they labor in vain. Vain is vanity, emptiness. Amen. It is, it is the, the, the folly. Amen. It's trusting that something else can produce answers, that something else can satisfy. In Isaiah chapter 29. The book of Isaiah, chapter 29, and verse 8. Isaiah chapter 29, verse 8. It shall even be as when a hungry man dreams, and look, he eats, but he awakes and his soul is still empty. This is, this is pursuing the world to satisfy you instead of being broken and completely trusting in the Lord for grace and power and using that grace and power, exerting yourself in that anointing, exerting yourself in that grace and power 
of the Lord to get results. Look, he eats, but when he awakes and his soul is still empty or hungry, or as when a thirsty man dreams and look, he drinks, but he awakes and indeed he is faint and his soul still craves. So the multitude of nations shall be who fight against Mount Zion. Mount Zion, the place of God, both heaven and earth. Amen. The, 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 the church, amen. The, the body of Christ, the mountain of God where Jesus is reigning, amen, both in heaven and earth. So when you are trusting in other things, it is folly. It is emptiness. It is you're actually striving against the Lord, whether you know it or not, that mammon is against the Lord. The Bible says you cannot serve two masters. Amen. You will love one, hate the other. You cannot serve God in mammon. You know, you, you will love one, hate the other. You will cleave to, to one and despise the other. Amen. And so your mind must be renewed in the kingdom of God, that the world is vanity. The wisdom of the world, which is of Satan, is vanity. Trusting in horses and men, as the Bible says, for, for victory instead of the Lord is vanity. Amen. It's like a person who is hungry. Amen. But he dreams that he eats. Amen. But when he awakes, he is still hungry or that he is thirsty and he dreams that he drinks. Amen. But when he awakes, amen, he is still thirsty. Amen. So only Jesus satisfies and only the calling and the purpose and the name can satisfy you. The assignment, only those things from the Lord can satisfy you that you are actually dreaming. You are asleep in this world when you are not receiving that life, that purpose filled life that is from the Lord. You, you have wasted time. And what does the Lord do? He will awaken you. Amen. His calling will awaken you. Like, that's enough of wasting time. Let's get on. Amen. With the plan of God. Let's, let's take your place. Amen. Let's get on with something that is challenging. Amen. Which has purpose, which satisfies and which fulfills. Amen. So God prepared a place, amen, for Adam in Genesis. Amen. Chapter three, verses eight through 11. Genesis chapter three, verses eight through 11. And when they heard, this is Adam and Eve, when they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees in the garden. So when, you're, when you have not received or you have rejected the plan of God, amen, Adam and Eve, they had rejected the plan of God. And so they became, they knew that they were naked. In verse nine, and the Lord called Adam and said, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded that you should not eat? So 
God came, the voice of the Lord came, the Bible says, in the cool of the day. The cool of the day literally means the wind of God. So God's wind was blowing in the Garden of Eden. Amen. The wind of God represents the Holy Spirit. It represents the flow of God. They were outside of the flow of God. They were not agreeing with God. They were not working with God. They had sinned against the Lord. And God asked a couple of questions. Where are you, Adam? And so Adam answers, you know, and that he was he was afraid. It says, and the Lord called Adam, so God called him and said, where are you? He said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, I hid myself. And then the second question God asked, he said, who told you that you were naked. Amen. Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? It's not that God doesn't know the answer. This is how God deals with his people. When they, when they leave the plan of God, many times, my wife has, has told me this also that God deals, he, he asks a question. God will ask you a question. Where are you? Amen. Well, God is omniscient. He's able, he knows where he is. But he's asking him the question for him. Amen. Who told you that you were naked? Did you eat of the tree that I commanded you not to eat? So it it is answering those questions, which will help you to locate yourself. I told you that God looks for you. He, he, He looks for you in the place where you're supposed to be. Amen. That in Elijah, Elijah in, in 1 Kings, I believe chapter 18, uh, that God speaks to Elijah. Amen. Elijah, he runs from Jezebel. Amen. And so God asks him, He says, What are you doing here? Amen. That Elijah went to a cave. Beforehand, Elijah was confronting the prophets of Baal. He was hiding in the spirit uh, that that no one was able to catch him because he was caught away by the wind. He was caught away by the spirit, (laughs) man, the spirit of God. Hallelujah. But when he read from the plan, God has to track him down and says, what are you doing here, Elijah? Amen. The the same thing with, with, with Adam. Where are you, Adam? Amen. Because he's not where... He is supposed to be. Amen. So our contentment is found in our calling. We cannot be anyplace else. And we certainly cannot be hiding out in the world doing something that God told us that God did not tell us to do. Amen. That that God is very gracious, very good. Amen. He is willing to give his grace. He's willing to give his anointing. He's willing to give his power as you exert yourself by faith. You press into the grace of God. You press into that anointing that God is giving you to do his will, to to answer the challenges, so to speak. Amen. It It is those who are fearful who don't like to be challenged. Amen. Those those who settle for the status quo. Amen. Where there is no conflict. Amen. We win. We always triumph victoriously in Christ Jesus. Amen. So God is calling you. He's calling you by name. God is matching you up 
amen, with that calling that he's called you by, with the name that he's calling you, with the purpose, amen, that he's, he's called you, amen, and with the assignment. So Father God, I thank you for the match made in heaven, amen, that you have given us, amen, everything that satisfies through Christ Jesus, and then the work or the life that you have given unto us, which is associated to the kingdom of God. That's where our freedom is. Amen. That, that is where our help is. Amen. That is where our deliverance is. That is where we experience your presence. Amen. It is your presence, Lord, that provides us a time of refreshing the Bible says, from the presence of the Lord, which rejuvenates us, it renews our youth, it strengthens us, amen, in the presence of the Lord, to go forth from his presence, to meet the challenges of the calling and the life, amen, that you called us to hell. So Father God, I like your way, I love your way, and Father God, we're teaching your way, Father God, oh, that people would receive your way, amen to receive all that you have for them, to be blessed, to be happy, to be fulfilled, to be content. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' Thank you for listening to the Christ Be Glorified Ministries audio podcast. For more information, visit ChristBeGlorifiedMinistries.com and you can also follow us on Facebook under Christ Be Glorified Ministries. Thank you so much and God bless you.